Hello there, listener, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Sam. And in this special episode, we didn't review a book, but we are reviewing the series that we just did, our season on health and the human body, where we read a bunch of books. So the idea would be first to go through the books to give you like a two-sentence summary. Afterwards, go to our takeaways, like everything that we took away from the books. And then finally, we'll each give you our top three of the books of this season and this series. But overall, uh, Sam, how did you enjoy the body books? I found it pretty fascinating because I'm curious and everything, hence why we're running this podcast in general. So <laughs> did enjoy it. I'm not sure every book I actually really liked, but it was nice to actually make myself read them and be able to discuss it. So overall, was happy, pretty happy with the whole thing. It took us a long time to record this season. There was just like a huge break in between June when half of the series came out and then like September when the other half came mm-hmm. out, which was mostly my fault, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was nice to spend a lot of time just musing around how the body works and different elements of it that are important for your life. Glad we've done it. Mm-hmm. Same. I think this was almost my favorite series, actually. Unless maybe the one from uh, Taleb, the short one, yeah, where we just Taleb, read his books. Probably the, the favorite. The yeah. Well, we didn't do series the whole way, but so we've only done like the business one and the race yeah. and the quality one, which yeah. um, wasn't exactly read for fun. <laughs> no, that's true. Cool. All right, let's uh, quickly go through every book. Maybe I'll, I'll do a short summary and then we can go through to the takeaways. Oh, wait, we did the philosophy one. That one was good, but hard. That was hard. <laughs> that was really hard. <laughs> How did I forget that? Yeah. You were like, I did not enjoy every book. And I was like, uh, mm, philosophy, yeah. that was tough. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so let's go through the book. So first book we've read was called If Our Bodies Could Talk by James Hamblin. And it was like a sort of book with talking about everything health-related it talks about diet, sleep, aging, but also answers question like, can I boost my immune system? So I suggest I go through them and then afterwards we can do the takeaways in general, yeah. right? Sure. Uh, next book was Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker that talks about sleep is important to live longer. It enhances memory. It makes you more creative, lowers the risk of heart attack, stroke, makes you feel happier, etc. So very important. Then we have Breath by James Nestor, which by a lot of anecdotal stories, makes the point that the missing pillar in health is breath. So breath is very important. Then uh, we read Lifespan by David Sinclair, which says that aging is a curable disease. And so something we should find a cure for, and we will find a cure for. Then we read Guts by Julia Enders, which yeah talks about everything uh, around the guts, starting with actually the whole, what is it called? The tract, the digestive tract from mouth to buttle basically and then we read burn by herman Ponser, which main thesis was you can't lose weight through exercise at least not sustainably so reducing caloric intake is the only way to lose weight then we read death by food pyramids by denise manger which states that the food pyramids the original one and the current one actually was influenced by business and then the main point for me at least is that there's no one best diet so she compared a bunch of different popular diets and they all have stuff in common, but they won't each work for any person. And then finally, the last book we read, which was pretty recently, was called Born to Run by Christopher McDougall, which talks about humans running and why so many people get injured while running these days, which was also interesting. Yeah, a lot of books and yeah. a general covering of the whole body, I guess, starting at the start. 
takeaways on if our bodies could talk there was just so many just random things that weren't too linked like each chapter was like just like a bit of a different part of the body i felt like if i read it five times i might remember a lot of different facts that i could sort of pull out at odd occasions but i didn't and so i mm. don't really remember any major facts from this one other than there's some cool stuff going on in science for you to like change your bodies i remember that area a bit but actually this one doesn't really hold any major memories for me yeah, same. Pretty forgettable. The only thing I took away from that is no multivitamins. Yeah. So basically what I did is like I made a list of things that I changed in my life after reading all mm. of these books. And it feels like for every book, actually, I changed some things. And so this one is like no multivitamins and generally less concerned about not being full of vitamins. Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely any of the ones where you sort of get your max amounts of different stuff. It's just a bit pointless. Mm-hmm, exactly. Instead of, okay, if you have a specific issue where like me i'm prone to like low iron or something maybe you want to supplement it but also like look at your diet and try and improve that Uh, and Mm -hmm. generally supplements are Mm -hmm. not the best way to do things all right cool then why we sleep why we sleep this one pretty obvious takeaway sleep more (laughs) make sure you get your like (laughs) amount of sleep you're a complete genetic freak and you're more likely to be struck by lightning than be one of the people that can survive on four hours sleep a day and it massively boosts things like your recovery, your likelihood of not having a heart attack or getting cancer if you get your full amounts of sleep. Also means you work more efficiently and a nicer person to be around. And it's just super, super important, especially if you're like an athlete doing exercise or like a business person that's trying to use their brain the whole time. Mm-hmm. But if you're a human, your life is still important to you, so you should sleep more. Yeah. And so did you take any actions in your own life? I think it's just the way I think about sleep was just prioritized a lot more mm. and i think i had a bit more of a <laughs> urgency around i must get to bed and i must <laughs> make sure i sleep a bit more and i maybe lie in more often sometimes and treat myself to that if i did have a late night out so that's changed things i was using like an eye mask in headphones anyway that was in like earplugs to reduce noise which certainly helped my mm-hmm. sleep and if i was living somewhere consistently i might invest in like a better mattress if i had a shitty one or something but i mm-hmm. have generally had all right mattresses i always like hard mattresses so last flat i i changed it for a hard mattress that helped a bit i also tried using those weighted blankets actually which is something mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't have done if i didn't have this book i found it quite fun because i do get kind of hot and i don't like having too much on but having the extra weight does just make you feel a bit more like you're under a big blanket which was nice but it I don't feel it made like that much difference, but I experimented with it anyway. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So for me, the book made me realize even more how important sleep is. And I really started to try and really prioritize it one and also optimize it. So two things I already did. So I have a white noise machine next to my bed. I already Mm. talked about this. That makes like this sound very soothing. I put it on every night that I never wake up from sounds or barely, like almost never wake up from any sounds because I'm a relatively light sleeper. And I also have this alarm, which make, like goes brighter. Mm. So it feels like you're waking up because of the sunrise, basically, which is kind of agreeable. And I guess it makes it easier to wake up or better than having loud noises that actually shock your system. So these are things I actually already did. And so what I changed because of the books, one is I focused more on like being cold. Usually our body starts reducing its temperature to go to sleep. And so I'll purposefully not wear a sweater in the evening, for example. So I'm, I'm a bit chilly and that will make me more sleepy. I also have like this super strict uh, sleep schedule. So <laughs> since we read the book, I think more than 90% of the nights I went to bed between 9.30 and 10. Wow. Like, yeah, 
And I don't think I've ever gone to bed later than 1 a.m. And that only happened one or two times. Whoa. Party time in Nikkei's. Exactly. I mean, my social life has not been <laughs> great, at least not the going out at night part. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really mind. Like, Do you think that's going to change at all? Is like that was a bit more based in lockdown no. and COVID? Well, or are you keeping that up still now? I might get a bit better, but since a few years, I haven't been really the going out at night. I've actually realized that I'm very much a morning person hmm. and I really thrive in mornings and I get really sleepy past 9 p.m. basically. So, um, yeah, I've tried to change the moment where I see my friends to the afternoon instead of the evening and stuff like that. And I still like wake up around six every day. Um, and I really, really like it and I feel great in general. So two more things I've changed is less coffee and alcohol. So we talked mm. about how slowly coffee actually degrades in your body. And so I try to limit my coffee to one small cup a day very early. Very sometimes I'll, I'll have two. For example, today I had two just because I felt like it, but that's my absolute max. Also, I drank way less alcohol in general. So I've never drank more than two glasses, just also because I don't enjoy the drunk feeling anyway, so mm. or the tipsy feeling yeah. um, as much. Anyway, so uh, also way less alcohol because it also negatively influences your sleep. And then finally, I try to have like lower light exposure late at night. Yeah, I uh, have the blue light glasses. Ah, that's nice. Yeah, that's great. I might want to get those. But what I've been doing is I used to watch series late uh, and some series have like a lot of white lights for some yeah. reason. And so I've been putting on literally my sunglasses <laughs> to watch series seriously because it was so bright and it's really annoyed me. You should get like the, the see-through glasses that just block out yeah. white light and blue light even. They're like a fiver. That's a good idea. Yeah, might look into that. So anyway, major decisions for me, at least uh, around this sleep thing. And uh, yeah, made quite a lot of adaptations and feel great sleep-wise. Mm, good for you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. So yeah, breath. What did you take away from that, son? I took away that you're really supposed to breathe through your nose and it's helpful mm -hmm. for your exercise capacity and performance and your general health in all ways somehow. And so I should just try and breathe through my nose as much as possible, especially when exercising and you kind of get used to it. So I have been trying, but then not so much since I kind of go through phases of being like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be through my nose. And then I kind mm. of forget a bit. Mm. don't know if you've been like really effective at that or not. Well, during daily life. So if I'm not working out, I try to always breathe through my nose. During workouts, it gets hard. But what I have been trying the recently as um, I've been doing the Wim Hof breathing method like mm -hmm. when I'm meditating which has been good because Wim Hof breathing is like you breathe in super hard you, you basically force yourself to hyperventilate and I've been doing that through my nose and so actually it taught me to breathe in more air through my nose because mm. in a way it feels like you can breathe in less through your nose and if you do yeah. the, if you force yourself for a bunch of time it actually opens up your airways or something I don't know but anyway and because of that uh, actually, like the Wim Hof thing, it's really awesome. Like you should try it. it it's a bit taunting. It, it's quite stressful. It's not easy, but it like super relaxing. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, but because of that, I've actually noticed that I'm able to breathe in during workouts through my nose as well because I like, I don't know, open up the airways or whatever. So, but still I don't do it consistently enough. Mm. Yeah. It's a hard one, but cool. As in the, At least they... we, we know we needed to go for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Then lifespan. I enjoyed that one. Around the fact yes. that aging is mostly a disease that is curable and some of the things that you can be doing. So I definitely did change my habits a bit around taking metformin and resveratrol. Are you taking those? Yeah, mostly. Sometimes okay. I forget or yeah. I run out and don't order more for a while. But try to 
taken metformin. Where do you order it? Where resveratrol you can just get on Amazon or anywhere. Metformin, mm-hmm. you have to go onto like a medical website generally to get it and tell them that you're diabetic and then they'll give it to you. But you don't actually need like a proper prescription. And it's super cheap, metformin. Interesting. It's not like you need an NHS prescription to be able to afford it or anything. It's not like an expensive drug. Okay, me and a friend looked into ordering like a big bunch of, I don't know which one, either metformin or resveratrol, uh, like from China. You buy like five kilos or something. Oh, jeez. And we would split it with a bunch of people because it does get quite expensive. But if you order in bulk, uh, it gets cheaper. I don't know. So we've been looking into that, but apparently it's not that easy. Also, I think we would want to start with like a smaller amount, have it tested as well by some kind of a laboratory. So so we're not, I don't know. Yeah, that's why it's kind of nice to get it from like an official medical website as far as like yeah. the metformin is concerned and oh, to be fair the best troll if you're buying it off like dodgy people on Amazon or something if it's the cheapest one you're not really 100% sure but if it's a recognized mm-hmm. brand you're pretty safe it should probably be less cheap when it comes to longevity right yeah 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 should probably do that <laughs> anyway some more takeaways from you that was mainly it it's kind of it's a funny topic and a bit of a taboo area people kind of think you should just kind of live this amount of time and not in trying to do things to hack it it's interesting but it's, it's quite funny i get so many people tell me that i look so young it's quite nice i'm like well yeah. I, <laughs> I take strange things and stuff and they're like whoa what are you doing <laughs> that's, that's nice cool. i've seen a few years if it really yeah. like impacts you i'm very curious yeah definitely i mean have you had any major takeaways otherwise yeah so so from that book actually together with burn there's like my theory of thrive versus survive yeah yeah that's where basically we have like a summer mode a winter mode and in our summer mode our metabolism spikes and everything is focused on reproducing and in a survival mode in winter mode actually our metabolism slows down and we focus on surviving being more efficient we're in perfect health or better shape at least whenever the next thrive mode or the thrive period arrives it's very succinctly a summary of what i believe there anyway so because of that i eat less animal protein so one is I make like a post-workout shake sometimes. And so I've changed my whey protein for, I'm currently trying out hemp protein. So he talked about animal protein to be good for muscle building, but not as good for longevity. So that's one. And also I eat less meat because he also talks, he says that red meat is suboptimal for longevity. And again, I think red meat is good for building muscle. And so being in that thrive state, but not as good for living long in general. So anyway, I'm less concerned with eating, getting enough protein in one. And also I'm less concerned with getting animal protein in. And also I'm not as concerned anymore with being hungry and not having enough food. So I've been trying to keep my metabolism down by doing a lot of intermittent fasting. So this book got me more motivated again. So yesterday I only eat at eight at three in the afternoon. Today I'm probably going to be fasting for a bit as well. I also like vary more, like all for a while and then I'll eat super little in, for one day and then a little bit more the next day. So I don't want to have my body get used to a certain rhythm of food intake. Mm. Yeah, I do find that kind of harder changing when you're doing your fasting. I find like I kind of break into a different sort of amount of eating and then I kind of get used to it. Whereas if I start having breakfast every day for a while, it's like, oh, it's a bit aggravating to suddenly go and like try and fast for a day. But if I'm a bit more on it with my fasting, I can kind of do like a one meal a day quite easily once I get myself into that mm-hmm. habit. Yeah, I agree. Because what I usually do is if I train, I'll eat something mm-hmm. like before noon, which is usually around 11 a.m. or something. And if I don't train, I don't eat. And so that's just pretty random. And then sometimes if I have like a trip to do, I'll only eat one meal a day. I haven't been doing a full day fast since we did one like way back but anyway like very much less concerned with having a food also realized that this will impact my physical performance 
So I've seen my lifting numbers go down in, in CrossFit actually, because I also lost some weight. But I've realized that I'll never be a professional CrossFitter anyway, so I'm not too concerned uh, yeah. about that. But I did notice like that the pure strength numbers went down. That being said, I lost weight, so my pull-ups and stuff <laughs> are doing great. Like my muscle-ups and all that stuff have never been better, so that, that's also good. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that book. Nice. Next is Gut by yeah. Julia. Yeah, go ahead. Enders. And this is a nice summary of things from your mouth all the way to your anus. And make sure of like slightly curious and funny stories but my main takeaway was definitely that you have like two sphincters and that you have a test sphincter <laughs> like a holding zone for like a test um, amount of um contents just to be like by the way you, you should definitely consider getting yourself to somewhere where you can like poo sometime soon but you can kind of hold it in for a while so that was memorable for me <laughs> i remember when we were reviewing the book you were talking so much about the two sphincters and i was like that's really not what i took away from that yeah I don't know. anyway well it's interesting know. I yeah. Just yeah. didn't know that at all before and it was like yeah this makes so much sense I definitely felt that when there's sort of that test like amount just being like by the way Sam you should you should go to the toilet soon and I'm like <laughs> hold it in <laughs> nice. so that was my biggest memory otherwise quite like the way the stomach sort of works and like the zones that it sort of passes through was kind of interesting but I mean I studied biology so quite a lot of how the intestine works like its surface area and all the different things it does didn't really blow my mind that much she has some other fun stories i guess which were kind of interesting again a lot of the books were like eat food not too much mostly plants so kind of with the lifespan one and the gut one i think she mentioned this Mm. and the burn one and the food pyramid and the born to run yeah it's true and so yeah i mean that, that came up again but I think that you probably got a few more takeaways from than I do. So for me, two basically. So nothing about the sphincters, but it did talk about the angle of like if you're pooing, basically. Mm. Like usually we're sitting too upright on normal toilets. And so what we actually bought was a squatty potty, which is basically like the plastic little thing that you can put your feet on when you're sitting yeah. on the toilet, which makes you like sit more of a squat position. And it's been great. Like I actually <laughs> highly recommend that stuff. <laughs> Well, I would remember that if I'd done that every day and had one. I want one now. So yeah, yeah, you should get one. It's obviously super cheap. Also, you don't have to buy that specific thing. Like you can use some logs or some planks or whatever. You can make one for free for sure. But yeah, it's been great. And so yeah, very happy we we got that. Um, Also trying to, I don't know if it's because of this book, but I'm trying to eat more like fermented foods because Mm. we talked a lot about the gut bacteria, how important the bacteria in general. I found that fascinating. I've also, but this is not related to this book, but more to the whole bacteria thing. I've stopped washing my body except for my armpits and my private areas with soap. I know you probably have tried this. I don't know if you still do, but I don't wash my face with soap anymore, just water. And it's actually been like, I always had dry skin and now it's way better. So microbiome and your like microbes throughout your whole body are very helpful and healthy and important for you. Interesting. It's cool. I tried not washing my hair for like a whole year and that was kind of... Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was that. good. But as it got started getting longer again, it didn't really work. It was yeah. fine when it was short. Yeah. My hair gets itchy if I don't wash mm. it for yeah, too long. Yeah, see, enough. also, the, one of the major things, I got like mega dandruff at the end of the year where like, I just didn't have it at all for most of the year and then suddenly it was just like, holy shit, what the hell is wow. wrong with my scalp? And it was <laughs> like, I'll get some head and shoulders and snowing? then it's been fine since. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, more fermented foods and also more yogurt and stuff because it all has some good healthy um, yeah. 
I was aggressively eating yogurt and other fermented foods um, before nice. the book, so yeah, change. That's fair. There. Cool. All right, next book, Burned by Herman Ponser. Yeah, I wasn't sure about the whole exercising doesn't help. As in, I certainly agree that like the more you exercise, the more you do want to eat. But when I start doing like a shitload of running, it is easier to lose weight for sure than just sitting at home trying to eat less. As in, if I go running like 15, 20 kilometers a day for a month, it's pretty easy to start losing weight. And your body kind of also adapts to that kind of form of exercise. It just doesn't want to carry that extra mass on top of you because it's just sort of stressful carrying like upper body weight. So I kind of was a bit like, yeah, but also no with this book. With the whole, the more you exercise, just the more you'll eat and you won't ever lose any weight theory. Mm -hmm. But I did enjoy the book and found the studies and the general stories from it interesting and general mm -hmm. concepts of how different people do react to food and there is certainly like a natural amount that you kind of eat which i did kind of like i was talking about with like the habits of like the things you break into i think people just sort of naturally have these different sort of levels that they just kind of feel they need to eat at and diets do sort of put you into a different level but you sort of fall back to your normal what you think is right and obviously being a human when the food is available you kind of want to eat slightly more than you need each day because you're used to probably wanting to eat more if it's there so that was interesting hmm. yeah i really like the book too and i think this book together with the lifespan gave me thrive versus survive mode mm. theory of the human body and so i did believe the book i was less critical than you yeah i wasn't completely against the book i also really liked his breakdown of how much energy you burn per different forms of exercise just that kind of like table level of intensity of the exercise so whether you're walking a mile or you're running a mile at like a slow pace or running it at a fast pace, like how much more energy you use doing that. I just kind of found interesting and made me want to like run much faster. Mm. Yeah. So for me, what practical things I took away from that was mainly just, I'm actually now semi-actively trying to keep my metabolism down. Mm. So I'll still do all the sports, but I'm just less concerned with eating enough. And like, even if I did sports and I don't eat, I'm not like freaking out because I'll lose my gains or not make any progress or whatever. It's just, yeah, in general, happy to have a lower metabolism, happy to realize that I've noticed that if I don't eat, I know when I'm in the calorie deficit because I'm like cold the whole time. Mm. Like even if it's pretty warm outside, but now, especially when it gets colder in the winter or in the fall, I've noticed that like I can really feel whenever my calories or my glucose in my uh, blood is low when my food's all digested and I just get like, yeah, I start getting cold everywhere, but really not concerned by that and uh, happy to have my metabolism slow down to live longer yeah. and uh, and healthier. Nice. I don't know if you feel this, but sometimes it becomes like a nice feeling, feeling hungry when you get used to it. It's kind of it's like a thing that you can sit with and be like, oh, hey, I don't have to like go and eat right now. And it's sort of like this weird sensation mm. that sits there and you're like, oh, it's kind of fun. If you sort of have it for a few hours. For me, the nice feeling is more mental just because I know like I'm doing something mm. good, right? Yeah. Which is kind of what like the feeling I have, what I'm pretty happy with. Whenever I eat, I'm like, oh, this is, I always eat healthy food or almost always. And so I'm always like, oh, this is good because this will help me perform or this is good, you know, just fuel for my body. And then when I'm not eating, I'm like, okay, this is good for my longevity. So I'm kind of in this, I know I trick myself into being happy, whatever I eat. If I don't do or don't eat, I'm always doing something good, right? So yeah, I guess that's what for me, it's more mental. I've tricked myself <laughs> basically. Mm. All right. Then the almost last book, Death, Death by, by Food, food pyramid. pyramid. 
that was an interesting i quite liked the insights into how the media works and just general politics as well of like okay this is what the farmers are making and kind of what makes sense let's let's arrange some science to make it sound like this is the best most healthy thing that we're going to tell everyone to do and it's going to suit like our economics policy and how much that gets shaped by business so that was really interesting to read about and also learn that diets are kind of pretty random and made up and as long as you're kind of eating less then that's kind of all that really matters and it's a diet that kind of works for you and probably try to have less animal protein in it as most things seem to consistently summarize Hmm, interesting yeah i took some other things away from that book well, I didn't really like the part, so it, it talks about how the food pyramid was formed initially, mm. but I found that all kind of boring, to be honest. It was a big part of the book in the beginning. I didn't really like it. I preferred it when, at the end, she talked more about general, she compared like a popular diet. So she compared, I think, the paleo diet with the plant-based diet with the Mediterranean diet. And so one of the takeaways I took from there is like a focus on healthy fats. Like I keep hearing that in my head, <laughs> that all of the tribes that were researched were all had like some sort of source of fat-based vitamins or fat-soluble vitamins. So like the Mediterranean diet, which is focused on the people on uh, Crete, I think. Mm. Is it Crete? Or Cy- Cyprus? I don't know. I don't remember. One of these islands there. So basically they eat a lot of fish and all that stuff, but they also actually eat a lot of, what was it? Scallions or something similar? Yeah, those kinds came up. don't know. Yeah. And so basically a lot of people are like, oh, I'm eating the Mediterranean diet, but they wouldn't touch a scallion because they don't like it. And that's actually like a major cornerstone of that diet, which uh, I found funny. Anyway, so in general, the, the main takeaways are one that I'm less concerned with whatever dietary guidelines come up because every person is unique and we have a different heritage and our bodies have evolved different ways to be able to digest different foods and different efficiencies. So for example, if you're of Asian descent, it might be that your body's very good at digesting rice. And if you're uh, Northern European, like myself, rice might actually not be the best food because our bodies haven't yet adapted to, I don't know, digesting that efficiently or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so mm. it's unique. And so most important thing is, I guess, experimentation. So try stuff. If it makes you feel good, then it's probably good for you. And then in general, try to find a good source of fat-soluble vitamins in general. Yeah. So those are my main takeaways. Cool. All right, and then we move on to our final book, Born to Run. So what did you learn there? I learned that the there's lots of cool tribes. Well, there is a cool tribe that's really good at running that just sort of spends their whole day running around for their mode of transport and it's just part of their culture and they seem to do amazingly well on these things that like our athletes also train for, but like use shoes and that maybe you don't need shoes or like the crazy diets that people go through to perform optimally and that naturally your feet get much stronger and like the archway support and stuff when you're actually not using shoes and Mm. that maybe you should consider not wearing shoes so that you run more on like the tips of your feet and you're probably going to have less health problems and things because if you just have a better form of running and strength in those parts of your body which is naturally built to look after you so you survive whilst you're running and that human body was built to run and that's one of our big adaptions that made us so successful as Mm -hmm. hunter-gatherers compared to other animals that actually can't run as far or as long as as us and they also talk about diet a bit where they did talk about the one guy who was amazing ultra marathon runner who broke a lot of records and things who was completely vegan and Mm -hmm. spent part of his time being a complete raw vegan 
then change back to being a vegan. But that obviously animal protein isn't essential for uh, performance if you are getting enough of the right things and doing a good exercise. And it was just a nice book about running and that you should really motivate yourself to go and do nutty things, I guess, was something that I took away from it and I enjoyed it because I was doing a lot of running ready to prepare for ultramarathons that, again, so far all of my ultramarathons have been cancelled, which means that the one that I had booked in December would be my first, and that one's 105 <laughs> kilometres through the mountains in Poland in the middle of winter, which is a bit scary as my first <laughs> first ultramarathon to go and do as it's a bit of a nuts one and I was hoping to do some less long ones first to maybe practice so we shall mm. see but um it was nice the guy just seems to be obsessed with running and went super into it so it was it was an enjoyable book and hasn't changed my my things I have gone and got some better mm-hmm. running shoes <laughs> as opposed to uh completely flat-footed ones whereas I know you've certainly changed your uh feet attire a lot more mm-hmm. I did so I put uh, all of my existing shoes that I had in the closet, and now I have three pairs. So I have a pair of sports barefoot shoes. I have a pair of nice, between parentheses, because they're not honestly not that nice looking. They look a bit funny. Anyway, n- nice or decent barefoot shoes, and then I have barefoot uh, sandals as well, which I haven't worn yet because it's too cold. So yeah, I mean, I, I also like the book. I got a new kind of appreciation for running because I was always like, meh, running, boring, lame. Runners don't look healthy and stuff. But I got a, got a kind of an appreciation. So I can see myself at some point also getting into that. Not right now. I mean, I don't live in a place where you can do like long runs. I live in a city, in the middle of the city. So I'll stick with my CrossFit for now. But I can see myself when I get older, run longer. Because he also said that like for running, you're actually in the prime mm-hmm. of your running life for like way longer. So at least when you age, you don't get worse very fast. So you can like still be competitive when you're 50 years old, basically. So yeah, I enjoyed that because he also talked about like this magic mix that the tribe that you talked about from the desert was eating. And so they ate a lot of chia. And so I also started adding chia to my smoothies that I make. So yeah, I, uh, I like that book as well. Changed the shoes that I wear. So it's pretty impactful, actually. Yeah, as a series, you've you've had a lot of changes. Man, I, I'm telling you, man, I was like listing all the things that I changed in my life. And it's really a lot. All right, let's talk about our top three then. Sure. My third was a bit of a harder one. I had like a a top two but the third was a bit like in between mm. breath and born to run because i kind of feel like i've both found them super interesting and i kind of want to implement okay. them at some point but i kind of find them hard to actually practically go around to doing straight away yeah and i think if i had to pick one just to be forceful i probably would say born to run out of those as my third how about you Okay, interesting. So I also had uh, trouble choosing that those. So I also have to split one. For me, it's breath and why we sleep. So it's one of the two. And I, yeah, you're going to make me choose as well, right? I think probably why we sleep is the best, most important one. I think that's going to have like the biggest effect on my life. Although I actually think that both will. I think why we sleep, like we sleep a third of our lives. So if you can improve that by, let's say, 10%. It's insane, like the the return on investment you can have uh, with that. So, yeah. Cool. For number two, I went with lifespan and I'm doing some things to do that. It's certainly trying to do more of the fasting and taking things and very open-minded to go into new research and sort of try and keep myself up to speed on things I can do to live much longer because it seems sensible and I kind of believe that mm-hmm. no one really wants to be, to suffer all the troubles of getting old. As in, you kind of think that, yeah, 
it's just natural to go old and die but at no point do I want to actually not be able to get up the stairs or go out for a walk or a run and it's just all like the pains and everything that sort of accrue with mm. old age but just because you're mature and wise doesn't mean you actually want to like die or have a useless body so I'm quite happy to not have that problem basically how about you exactly I have burn so uh, I mean that book yeah that really fascinates me and I think it really changed the way I look at nutrition, health, longevity, etc., metabolism, testosterone, all these things. I really find it fascinating. So, yeah, that's my number two. Uh, so I went with why we sleep. I was like, yeah, I'm not so focused on this as in that I had definitely, I did used to sleep less and I chilled out a bit more and was sleeping more over the last few years, but still felt a bit like I was being lazy or something by letting myself sleep a bit more. And that maybe if I was a really hard entrepreneur, I'd be like, yeah, getting up, optimizing my time with all like the Elon Musk stuff and like the work all, all the possible time you can. And then my decision was like, no, it's the complete opposite. Mm. <laughs> if I want to be the best, I need to sleep more. And <laughs> I must make sure I'm doing all the sleep. <laughs> so uh, that was a definite mindset shift for exactly. me. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. For me, my top one is lifespan. For all the reasons you said, the research that's being done there might be like one of the most impactful research on human health in general, right? If all of the approaches that they have to increasing our lifespan and slowing down aging come to fruition, then that might change the way the world works and humanity works forever. And so it also influences, or it makes me very hopeful that if we are optimizing our health right now, we might have a chance at getting to that point where you can really start slowing it down significantly. And at that point, we might have a shot at being young forever, basically, which I'm signing up for 100%. I know that <laughs> there's people who uh, would love to have like, a discussion about that and don't agree, but I think I'd rather have the choice of stepping out of this life and stay young than growing old and not having anything to do against it. Basically. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy being young. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. So that was a quick summary of the books, our takeaways and our top three. So as our next series, we're doing a series on investing for which we have read a few books so we uh, have already recorded an introduction, which just sets a stage, like why we think that talking about investing is important and relevant. We've also read the book, Talking to My Daughter About the Economy, written by, I think it's Yanis Varoufakis. And then after that, we've read The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, which is one of the most important books on investing in general, according to some dudes like Warren Buffett, etc. And then the third book that we read on this was The Bitcoin Standard, written by Saifedin, or Saif, I don't know how to pronounce it, Saifedan Amus, which is also a very good book. So I actually, I think if you're interested in investing, just listen. You don't necessarily have to read the book um, talking to my daughter about the economy, but you should definitely read the book. Actually, no, that's not true. You don't have to read the book. Oh, I thought it was the a intelligence. good book. Yeah, yeah, it's good, but it's like not, I guess, essential. Yeah, it's not essential for investing. It's a great like overview of how the world works and yeah, economy right. stuff. Yeah. It's not so much an actual investing book as such. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So anyway, that, so that's the next series. Uh, we, we're still reading there, so we're still uh, moving forward. Yeah, so. it's for angel investing, VC investing. Exactly. Psychology, got some other suggestions as well i'm excited for the rest of that series to record it as well yeah i'm enjoying it we should get reading then yes. so um yes that's uh that's about it normally we would do a rating but we don't have to do a rating now in general i think i really love <laughs> a series the body. it was good <laughs> exactly as a series i would probably rate it like nine out of ten or maybe eight i don't know cool if taleb's a nine yeah then this is an eight yeah i agree with that <laughs> 
fan agreement. All right. Cool. Well, um, yeah, dear listener, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it, feel free to rate us and maybe leave a comment. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, if you want us to read something, uh, you can let us know. And with that, see you in the next season. Cheers.